Hey friends, Heather Creekmore here. I am so glad that you are listening to the Compare Do Show today. Today, I have a very important topic on deck for us to talk about, and that's condemnation versus conviction. All those thoughts you have in your head, are they healthy? Do you need to listen to them? Do you need to do what they direct you to do? That is what we're talking about today. So the audio isn't as awesome as I try to deliver because I've been recording from my minivan, but I hope you'll stick with it anyway because I think it's a really solid message, especially as we are in the summer season when I think comparison and thoughts about what we're eating because of how we look in less clothing plague us. So I hope that you'll get a lot out of today's episode. What's the difference between condemnation and conviction and how do you win your body image battle in your mind? Enjoy. Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you stop comparing and start living. I'm your host, Heather Creekmore. I hate to admit this, but I used to secretly obsess over my appearance. I thought it was part of my job as a woman to always look better, but never felt like I could be good enough. Maybe you can relate. God, in His grace, showed me a way out, and I want to give you all the tools you need to break free too. If you've ever spent too much time stressing over your looks, I get it. I hope you'll keep listening and find the same freedom I have. Here are three other things you should know about me. I'm a minivan driving mom of four. I'm author of the book Compared to Who and The Burden of Better. I'm a blogger at comparedtowho.me. And you just may have seen my epic big fail on Netflix. If you've ever struggled with comparison or body image issues, Compared to Who is the show for you. I hope you enjoy today's episode and hey, tell a friend about it. So today I'm going to talk about the difference between condemnation and conviction. Okay. And this may seem like a strange topic for the show, right? Where we talk about body image and comparison and all those things, right? But, but let me just kind of pull back some of the layers so you can understand where I'm going here and why. Okay. So the number one thing that we need to do if we are struggling with our body image is we really need to renew our mind and that's multifaceted. I have a whole course on my website called refocus where we talk about that. This is one of the main things I work with coaching clients on is how can we change what you think about your body? Even clinically, we know that body image issues are not about how your body looks. Some of the women with the biggest body image issues are the women with the quote unquote, culturally best bodies. Okay. So body image issues are not physical issues. They are mental issues. They're issues of what you think about how you look. And so if we're going to find freedom, the freedom is going to come not with changing our bodies. Like I shared with my story before, the freedom doesn't come when we lose the weight or get the size or get the surgery, you know, or get the hair or get the skin or whatever your thing is. The freedom doesn't come with that. The freedom comes when we can change the way we think and in part, of that is also the freedom comes in self-forgetfulness, where we're not thinking about ourselves 
all of the time, right? That's when we are free, when we're no longer obsessing. And, and a lot of you know my story. I write about it in Compared to Who, my first book. I write about it in The Burden of Better, my second book. You can get those books and find out more, but I'll just give you like the, the Cliff Notes version. Friends, I was obsessing over what I looked like all the time. But let me tell you a little secret about that obsession. Part of that obsession was condemnation. Okay, now condemnation, when you condemn someone, right? Like you may think of being condemned to hell, like in the final judgment, right? That, you know, unfortunately, some people are going to be condemned to hell. You may think of like condemning a building, right? A building that's really like, ugh, it's nasty. It's, you know, hasn't been taken care of. Like the building is condemned. It's not livable anymore. No one should go in there, right? Or you may think of, you know, condemning behavior, right? Like, no, you shouldn't do that. I'm going to condemn you for doing that, right? Well, condemnation, when it comes to our thought lives, comes from the enemy of our soul, Satan, right? Like, we have a real enemy. And friends, until we realize that we have a real enemy, we never recognize that we're actually in a war. We are in a war. We are in a battle. And if you read the Bible, that's super clear, right? But the, the enemy doesn't let us have it easy. You don't just decide to follow Jesus and my life is perfect. I'm walking on sunshine. Everything is so easy. All my problems have disappeared. That is not what the Christian life is at all, right? And But part of our battle, friends, is not a physical battle. It's a mental battle, a spiritual battle too, right? But it comes in the form of this condemnation where the enemy is whispering condemnation, condemning thoughts into our ears. And maybe you've heard some of these. They can sound like this. Oh, it's a shame you're not pretty enough to have a boyfriend. Or it's a shame you're not pretty enough to get married. No one wants to marry you. It's a shame you're not attractive enough to even get a date. It's a shame you're not pretty enough to keep your husband's attention. I bet he's looking online at other women. It's a shame you're not thin enough for people to respect you. It's a shame you're not beautiful enough for people to appreciate and admire you. It's a shame they won't give you a position at church because you're not thin and pretty. It's a shame I'm, it can go on and on. And, and sometimes I'm kind of saying it in a nice way, like it's a shame that... But sometimes it can be even harsher than that, right? And I work with lots of clients who hear lies that are pretty daggum mean, right? They're, they're hearing things like, you are lazy. You are fat. You are worthless. Look, this is just another example of how worthless you are. Okay. This condemnation can be cruel, downright cruel. And a lot of times when I talk to clients, they don't really know where it's from. Sometimes they say it's from themselves, right? Like it's just from me. It's just the voice in my head. It's me. Okay, now sometimes it can be the voice of someone else. Maybe it was a parent that said mean things and they're replaying those in their head. Maybe it was an ex-boyfriend, ex-husband, mean girl, someone else that said mean things and they're replaying those things in their heads, right? But I just, I want us to be clear, right, that, that most of the time condemnation is instigated by the enemy. He's the one that recalls those hurtful moments. He's the one that brings those to your mind, right? And he's the one that keeps you stuck thinking and replaying these horrible tapes. If you're younger, you hopefully you know what a tape is, but soundtracks, how about that, in your head, right? Now, 
And there's one thing that I want to point out about this, and, and this is where it gets tricky. So there's a difference between condemnation and conviction. Now, if you are a believer and follower of Jesus Christ, you have a Holy Spirit. Part of the Holy Spirit's job in the life of the believer is to convict us of sin, right? So maybe if you are, I don't know, being lazy, the Holy Spirit may say, okay, hey, you've been a little lazy today. Let's you know, is, is there a way we can, we can improve that, right? But, but that's going to be very different than the enemy's condemnation. You're lazy. You're worthless. You, you can't even get up and get anything done today. You're so lazy. You're worthless. No one's going to love you. Ugh, I can't believe it. can't believe you'd be so lazy. Ugh, what, what's your life going to come to anyway, right? It's going to sound completely different. The Holy Spirit always convicts us with gentleness and kindness and love. <laughs> it's, uh, I think it's the verse, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance right? It's not his shaming us, right? Jesus died to cover our guilt and shame. No, it's his kindness that makes us want to change. It's his kindness that, that, that motivates us to do things differently, right? To recognize we are fully loved and fully accepted. And from that place, I can make changes in my behaviors and my habits, right? But the enemy takes a different tactic. He shames us into it. Now, I don't know if this is going to resonate with some of you, but I have a feeling it will. How many of you have felt shamed into exercising, right? Like you heard those voices, you ate, maybe you went out to lunch. Maybe it was Mexican food. I live in Texas. It's always Mexican food. And you ate all the chips and all the guacamole and all the queso. Oh, I love queso so much. Oh, you ate all the things and you get home and you're kind of like, I don't really feel like working out. And you have this mental debate in your head. But what happens in that debate is you start to hear the shame and condemnation of the enemy. You fat slob. I can't believe you ate all that. You better work out or you're just going to get fatter and fatter. No one's going to love you and no one's going to want to be your friend. You're going to ruin your life. You better, you better go work out. You better go work out. I can't believe you would consider not working out. How can anyone as fat as you not go work out? You were, so, you were so undisciplined at lunch. And I'm telling you, you guys, hopefully you know what I mean. I, I know I'm not the only person that has heard this stream of condemnation from a very real enemy after Mexican food <laughs> or ice cream or whatever it may be, right? And friends, we don't have to listen to any of that. That, that's my message for you today. You can completely ignore condemnation. Is there truth in the reality that exercise is healthy and may be good for us and may actually even feel good after a big meal? Yes, there's certainly truth there. Okay, but you don't have to take your truth from the enemy's condemnation. If you need to work out, <laughs> and are consistently avoiding movement of all kinds. Okay, notice I didn't just say a specific kind of workout or going to the gym or anything like that. You're avoiding movement, right? Let the Holy Spirit convict you of that, right? Let the Holy Spirit encourage you of ways to get moving. But he will do that as a gentleman with kindness. 
He will not do that by shaming you. So, so hear me when I say you do not have to be motivated to change your body because of condemnation and shame. Are you tired of comparing yourself to others? It's time to break free, my friend. Check out compare2who.me online and you'll find a ton of great resources, blog posts, videos, and so much more to help you stop comparing and start living. And make sure you sign up for my exclusive email list while you're there. I send my email friends things I don't send anyone else. You can also find out more about my brand new book, The Burden of Better, How a Comparison-Free Life Leads to Joy, Peace, and Rest. If you're tired of battling comparison, friend, I wrote this book just for you. Check it out right after this episode, of course. So back to today's topic, the difference between condemnation and conviction, right? The Holy Spirit will convict us of ways that we can be more like him. He works on us. He sanctifies us to become more like Jesus, right? So there are things he will work on. I, you know, one great example for me, my mouth tends to speak too many words. Sometimes too many things come out. Sometimes I say things that I should not have said. And y'all, I will know within five minutes of leaving the conversation, the Holy Spirit will say, mm, you shouldn't have said that about that person. Like, oh, I know. I'm so sorry. Oh, why did I do that? Why did I say that about that person? But then what happens when the Holy Spirit convicts us is it gives us the opportunity to make it right. And that's the beauty, right? Because when I grieve in the lightest sense, because when I am convicted by the Holy Spirit, I have the opportunity to make it right. The Holy Spirit will say, you should really text that person and tell them you're sorry. Or you should call that person and tell them that you should not have said that, that you're, you're sorry. You gossiped, Heather. You gossiped. And you need to make it right. And then he also encourages me gives me the avenue to make it right with him, right? Because ultimately, maybe I've sinned against another person, but I've also sinned against God. And I can say, oh, God, Jesus, please forgive me. I am so, I was wrong. Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I sinned. I gossiped. I said that thing I should not have said. Will you forgive me? And guess what? He's faithful to forgive us. And, and so it can be taken care of. And friends, really, within within 15 minutes, maybe even not that long, I can be completely free from the bondage of that sin that I just committed. That's what happens with conviction. But with condemnation, there's never freedom. With condemnation, it's, oh, you should go work out. Can't believe you're not going to go work out. And then let's say you do decide to go work out because you think that will make the condemnation stop. You go to the gym or you, you know, get on your bike, go for a run because you think this is how to shut the condemnation up. But you know what happens, friend? The condemnation does not shut up. Instead, the enemy will replay those same lines in your head the whole time you're working out. You're not free while you're exercising, you're thinking like a slave, right? That you have to do this because you were bad <laughs> um, or because you, you know, owe it to that voice in your head to make it right. You're trying to earn back your status, earn approval, earn love from who? I'm not sure, but we set up this whole really intricate <laughs> 
scheme of acceptance and approval in our heads. And if I don't do this, I won't be approved of. And so then we do the thing to try to get the approval and it doesn't work because we still feel the condemnation. We still feel the shame. You'll be at the gym and you'll start looking around and you'll see other women that look better. And then going back to my Mexican food example, you look at this other one and be like, I bet they had more discipline and didn't eat the Mexican food at lunch or you know, didn't eat all the queso like I did or whatever. And the condemnation does not stop. It will not quit. It cannot be appeased. Okay, so hear me. Step one, when you're renewing your mind and you're thinking through these thoughts that you're having, we talk about like finding lies and triggers and all these things. But today, think condemnation or conviction. I want you to be familiar with these two words. And when you hear that lie, when you hear that thought, I want you to think, is this condemnation or is this conviction? And if it's conviction, you need to heed it right? If it's conviction, then do what you need to do with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus to make it right, right? Is it conviction? Oh, I shouldn't have said yes to that thing when I know I'm already overcommitted. Is it conviction? I should have been like kinder and more loving to my children this morning instead of rushing them out the door. Is it conviction about how you treated your husband? Is it conviction about something that happened at work, right? If it's conviction, take care of it. If it's condemnation, shut it down. If it's condemnation, do not entertain it. Do not give that mental space. If it is condemnation and ask yourself, is this conviction or condemnation? If it's condemnation, say, shut up devil. I'm taking this thought captive and I'm putting it at the foot of the cross. I'm putting it in a box. I'm throwing it there and I'm not going to touch it again. I'm not going to entertain this thought. I'm not going to meditate on this thought. I'm not going to let this thought control the way I feel, move, believe, behave. It's done. I do not have to keep entertaining, replaying, listening to this condemnation. Guess what? Jesus died to cover my shame and condemnation. It's already taken care of. I have nothing to be ashamed of. I have nothing to be embarrassed of. I am free under grace to enjoy chips and queso and guacamole without shame and condemnation. I am free, free within the bounds of of how the Holy Spirit convicts me and what word says is good and right to do. But I am free within those boundaries to just live. I don't have to add all these extra rules that come with the enemy's game of shame. I can be free. Okay, so that's my encouragement to you today. Let me just pray a quick prayer over you today that you'll be free from shame and condemnation. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I just pray right now for my friend who is listening today. God, you know the shameful thoughts that are bouncing in her head every single day maybe every single hour. God, and I just pray that she will hear them, see them for what they are today, that she will see the shame and condemnation, and that she will be reminded that she does not have to accept it, that you have died on the cross to free her from that shame and condemnation. She doesn't need to try to make it right through extra workouts or restricting calories or or any of those things, right? There's nothing, nothing she can do to cover that shame you've already covered it. You have already declared her worthy. You have already declared her loved and accepted. She is enough because of your sacrificial work on the cross, right? There is nothing she can do to justify herself. And I pray 
Heavenly Father, that you will help her today to take those shameful thoughts captive, that every thought of condemnation that comes into her head, you will help her to capture and lay at the foot of the cross and be reminded that Jesus has died to cover that guilt and shame. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity to live free in Christ. Thank you for the ways that you do convict us when we need help, when we need to change, when we need to adjust our habits or behaviors or thought. Thank you for that. Thank you for that conviction. But Father, I pray today that you will help my friends know and clearly see the difference between condemnation and conviction. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, that's all for today's show. I thank you for listening and I hope something today has been helpful to you. And more so, I hope something in today's episode has helped you stop comparing and start living. Bye-bye. Hey friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah, it's been a minute. Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the Start Here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. Is life feeling chaotic? I get it. I'm Rachel Wojo, host of the Untangling Life podcast. Don't miss the passionate encouragement and faith-based resources you need to help you clear your head and calm your heart. As Shell says, it feels like Rachel always knows what I need to hear. She keeps it real and is so humble. Her podcast is just the cherry on top. Enjoy Untangling Life with Rachel Wojo on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast app now.